please come find me there. All right, so we're continuing in our series where the summer's kind of drawing to an end, which is, you know, it's sad, uh, but I've, I've talked to some of you guys. It's also like we're also getting ready for routine. We got ready to like, okay, you know, kids go to school, uh, you know, normal, you know, tourists leave, all that kind of fun stuff you hear uh, being said, fairies come back to normal, all the fun stuff that we, we think when we hit near the end of, uh, end of the summer. But um, I, I, taking that theme of like kind of drawing near the end, I wanted to share a section of scripture where Jesus is actually having this moment with his disciples, uh, um, just this intimate moment with his disciples before he knows that he is going to be gone, before he knows he's going to die. And so he's having this last kind of intimate moment, gathering them together. And, and um, whenever you in scripture you see these last moments, they're, they're just really big, they're really important moments where, 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 where you see it in letters where like Paul or Peter or James writing letters tries to wrap up everything they've been doing in like in a paragraph or two. And here Jesus is doing the same thing. Everything the disciples have seen, everything Jesus has been teaching, he's kind of trying to empower and, and show them really, show the disciples how they can continue to, to flourish uh, um, when he's gone, how they can continue to thrive when he is not there with them. And, and then we get this glimpse into this connection and communication with uh, um, the disciples and Jesus, and we get to learn how to flourish and thrive now that we have literally the kingdom of heaven in us. We have the Trinity, the Holy Spirit in our lives, and now we can walk in flourishing and thriving in our lives as well. Now, uh, uh, again, here Jesus is going to focus on this, this connection, this fellowship uh, with the disciples, that we can continue to have fellowship with God, uh, this God that wants to be a part of our lives, which you hear me say a lot. I realize now I do things without thinking about that. Apparently I go, God, and, and now my teenagers make fun of me for it, and it's fine, but okay, God, right? And, and, and so you hear me say it a lot, and it's repetitive, and, and it's a familiar idea, whether we actually practice it or not, before uh, um, the disciples and for that point of time, the idea that there is this connection or relationship with God was really reserved for priests or prophets or people who are super spiritual, who, who like, oh, you know, I can't have a relationship with God. You know, only the head Pharisee or head Sadducee. It, it, the idea that God actually wanted connection was, it was very, very foreign. It just was not part of the religious practice of the day. And so when we see Jesus teaching this, Jesus demonstrated something that was so radical, that God isn't angry, that he's not distant, that you, know, you don't have to come with him with this fear of your life, but God is loving, he's kind, and the message of the gospel is that God not only wants us to flourish and to thrive, but who actually wants to be connected to each and every one of us. And sometimes we could hear it so much that we forget that it's actually a practical, real thing. And so that's kind of what I want to focus on this morning. And we're going to read from John 15. And we're just going to hit, the, I'm going to go from John 15, 1 to 8. So you can find that in your Bibles. Uh, I'm, we're just going to break it up a little bit as we kind of begin to talk and teach through it. So I'm going to start with the first four verses here. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. You cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. 
So here, let's pause for a second, but Jesus is using this relatable kind of image for his disciples, for, for the people who are listening. And it's, it's pruning, and it's, and it's, it's vines, it's grapevines, which, which we're not that familiar with. Like, a lot of us don't have grapevines. Uh, um, a lot of us like to think that we're gardeners, but only a small select few really, really are. And, and so we might not fully understand this concept, but as the disciples are hearing it, uh, uh, that he's using an example that, that, that makes sense to them. And really what Jesus is, is highlighting here is something that I think a lot of us have heard, or if you're hearing it for the first time, you're going to hear it a lot. But uh, growth and fruitfulness, this thriving, this flourishing, only comes when we are in connection or connected in fellowship with God. It only comes from this connection. And, and now we're standing in a perspective where we can actually see the Holy Spirit's influence on this. We see how the Holy Spirit teaches and instructs and helps us connect and, and meets us in all these different But again, the disciples are hearing this. They, they have yet to really have the Holy Spirit in its fullness. And, and there's this terrifying moment. When Jesus, without you here, how do we do this? And Jesus is alliterating, no, highlighting that it's not just me here with you. It's going to be me with you always. Right? And the promise is, if you stay connected to me, I will be there. And, and whether we verbalize it or not, I think sometimes there's this doubt. Is God really there? And you'll find out throughout all of Scripture, the promise is never, I might be there. It's, if you draw to me, I will draw near to you. If you, if you connect with me, I will be there for you. And again here, if you stay connected to me, I will be connected to you. It's an amazing promise. It's something that we can hold and carry. That connection, if we choose, and this is the key, if we choose to be connected, then we will be connected. Right? Not only will we be connected, the promise is then we'll also be fruitful. We'll also be thriving. We'll also be flourishing. And we talked about several weeks ago that the promise of growth is not just normal growth. It's 100 times, 60 times. It's, it's this miraculous, like, I can't stop growing. Right? Which I'm praying for for my hair in the name of Jesus. Anyways. Um... Yeah, and all the bald men's like, amen. Okay, um, <laughs> why am I talking about that? Anyways. <laughs> See, up until this point, Jesus coming for the disciples, for the people who saw the ministry of Jesus, this idea of connection with God or the pleasing of God was only found by doing the right things or having the right presentation. The goal was pleasing God. Right? So I will please God by my acts of service. I will please God by following the commandments. I'll even please God by making even more commandments and following those commandments. I'll please God by looking the right way. I'll please God by doing, 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 doing. And there's nothing wrong with doing. But Jesus is teaching again that we, we can't make God love us any more or any less. All God is looking for is our connection. Right? Again, we hear it a lot. But understand, that the disciples are hearing this. This is a very challenging thing. And I want us to see this because we can hear this. We can go, yes, Sam. But it's, it's a literal, we actually literally need to do it. Yeah. And so what comes from connection and fellowship with Jesus? Pruning, which doesn't sound great because <laughs> that's cutting off, right? And so here we see that the promise of this connection is I will cut off, not me personally, but the Holy Spirit will prune, will cut off the very things in our life that are A, not producing fruit, not flourishing, 
or also preventing us from flourishing and thriving. Here's a fun little gardening tip. If you never pruned anything that you were growing, the dead things, the dead branches or the small fruit or the small, especially with tomatoes, the small tomatoes or small grapes, that they will steal from the healthier ones, right? So the idea of cutting back or one of the most painful things when you start gardening is seeing growth and pulling it off, right? So a tomato vine, they have those little suckling things. I don't know what they're called. My dad called them sucklings in Italian, but suckers. Oh, there you go. And even though they're growth, if you choose to pull them off, it makes the other tomatoes richer, deeper, more flavorful. So this pruning is cutting off the things that also stop us or prevent us from actually flourishing in this life. There's this promise of this cutting to bring life, this removing to sow growth. Um, this is a shock some of you guys, but uh, in my second year of Bible college, I also went to Pacific Life Bible College, highly recommend. Uh, um, I was actually failing the first semester. I actually failed the first semester. Sorry, Mom, as she hears this maybe for the first time. Oh my gosh, I forgot we're on live stream. Okay, perfect. Uh, um, all right, so, uh, and there was just a lot going on in my life. I was a youth pastor at a church, and our church was going through a second split at that time, and it was more like family and was pretty emotional. I'll go through all that stuff, so that was heavy. Uh, for some reason, I just got into this mode where I just needed to work a lot, so uh, I worked at a church. I worked for Young Life at the time, and I was a Young Life uh, coordinator, and then I also worked at a sandblasting company, because, you know, why not? And then went to Bible college as well, and so I was doing a lot and not sleeping a lot. It was a part of my life where I actually got into four-hour car accidents in two years. Who knew sleeping actually helped with driving? And, um, and just a lot going on, and so it reflected in I hear now I'm failing, and I had this meeting with my academic uh, dean. It was just a really loving sit-down where, like, hey, Sam, you are failing, and you got to decide, it's, do you want to do this or do you not want to do this? And it just seemed, like, pretty blunt. But if I wanted to do it, I recognized that I can't keep doing what I'm doing. So here I had this moment where I needed to cut off something in order to thrive in another area. And so now I quit my job sandblasting, and all of a sudden I was passing funny, right? Sometimes the idea of eliminating or removing or pruning could be like, I, I don't want God to prune. But sometimes we have to cut off to see growth. We need that pruning to grow. And the fun thing is, it's, this whole, it's the Holy Spirit who actually knows us. And this is where faith comes in. Because if our belief about God or our, our understanding of God or our knowledge of God is one where he is angry, he is not loving, he's looking to punish, then the idea that this very God looks into our lives and examines the areas where it's not producing fruit and cuts it off, it's kind of a scary concept. But if we understand the true nature and character of a God who loves us, who longs for connection and fellowship, and who says to us, I actually want you to thrive, I actually want you to flourish, we see the pruning as an opportunity for growth. We know that the God who knows us actually loves us and wants us to actually flourish in life. It's a different perspective. It's not any less scary it's just sometimes uh, uh, when our footing is more solid, things are a little easier. Does that kind of make sense? I just went hiking with my sister-in-law. She's a really big hiker, and we, we did a, a high summit. And we realized going up isn't that hard. Uh, it is. But going down, now that's when like, it's actually really, really hard. And, and, and there's this moment where you're stepping on rocks. And when it's loose rock, you're super tense. 
and it completely changes the, your cadence and the way you walk. But when you have that firm setting under your feet, all of a sudden you can do those hard things easier. Now the second part of verse 2 is he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit. Now that cut off and prune actually have the same meaning here. Just one sounds prettier than the other, right? He cuts off, but then he prunes. And the truth is, also in connection and in relationship with the Holy Spirit, he's also pruning areas that do produce fruit, which sometimes we don't talk about. We kind of leave out. Because if it's working, then why would we change it? If it's good, then why would I need the Holy Spirit to, to actually change something in this area of my life? Now, uh, in our first home together, Katie and I actually had grapevine. It was in our backyard, and I didn't plant it. It was there, and it was very, very well established. We bought this home. Actually, my parents bought this home. Then we, we bought it off our parents, and it was originally built by this Italian guy in the 60s. And one of the first things he did is he planted this vineyard, and now our backyard had this like, long archway vineyard. It was really pretty. And uh, I won't tell you the story, but we had some police officers in our backyard one day. And we lived in a rough area. And, um, and, and he was like, oh, you have a vineyard. So do I. And I'm like, yeah, but the grapes actually aren't awesome. Right? They're these like dark purple. They look like they should be delicious, but they have this woody taste. And he's like, ah, you got to cut off those, those vines. I'm like, what? He's like, that's a, you got to prune the vines. Even though they're producing fruit, he says it's producing what he called it. That's old wood. And I don't know if that's a technical term, but he's like, you got to cut off the old wood so that the new wood, so the new grapes actually taste sweet. And so, you know, you know, I should have Googled it, but I think I did. I did a while ago. Anyways, this is this concept of even though it's been a, producing for a long time, there comes a point in this season where that fruit now has become old fruit and it's tasting a little stale. Is tasting a little woody, right? And so part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit is producing new fruit in us that continues to taste sweet. Yeah, but it's also kind of scary. Like, why would the Holy Spirit cut this off? I think sometimes we get into this habit of just doing things we've always done because it's kind of always worked, right? Like, I have grown up with some interesting traditions being Italian, and sometimes when my kids ask, why do you do that? It actually makes no sense. I just do it because that's how we've done it, right? I just do it because that's how my mom did it. And my mom probably does that because that's how her mom did it, right? And I just do it because my dad did it. And my dad probably does it because that's how his dad did it, right? And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's kind of not. But we can get stuck, stuck in this habit where we're just doing things that have worked before. And now our, 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 our need or our reliance on our fellowship and connection with the Holy Spirit just doesn't have to be there because we're just following old patterns. We can just continue to do what's worked before. I've seen God move when I did this, so I'm going to do it again. Or, or we have this memory. Oh man, I remember when I was you know, really alive, this is how I'll do it. And so we just keep doing the same thing because it's safe. It's comfortable. If I just keep going back to where God was before, then I'm always guaranteed to, to, to interact with God, right? And there's, the, I don't know, sometimes safe is like missing out on something even better. Like, I, I remember, I grew up, man, I was a very, very picky eater growing up. I, like, you guys don't understand how picky I was. And then there was this moment where, like, I went for a job interview, and I had to eat uh, um, sushi. And I was terrified of sushi because I didn't eat fish. And so I, like, I practiced, and I ate all the vegetable sushi, which wasn't very good. And then uh, uh, to me, because, you know, oh, seaweed, blah, 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 blah. And then I showed for this job interview, and the guy had already ordered a whole bunch of sashimi. It was like an appetizer, and he was so excited, and I was terrified, but I wanted this job, and so I started eating it, and then all of a sudden, I ate the salmon, 
And I'm like, oh, what is this? And then the tuna. I'm like, whoa. And I'm like realizing that this is really, really good. And there was this moment where like, what else am I missing on? And then I went on this crazy, like, literally, you name the food, I ate it. I ate fresh octopus, cut it, wiggling, boom, pop it in the mouth. I ate the East Indian food, Afghani food, you name it. I'm just going all over the place, going broke, eating all this food because I realized I was missing out on something absolutely, completely different because I was stuck in safe. And can I just say, safe is death. It really is when it comes to what God has for us and flourishing. And just because that's how God did it before, it doesn't mean that's how, that's how God wants to do it again. Right? And let's get even, like, even more practical. Right? If you're like me, yearly we do things like we budget yearly. Right? We plan our year. We set our schedule. September's coming up. And we, this is how I've done it before. But are we actually taking the time and the opportunity to invite the Holy Spirit into our patterns before we set them? You know, are we inviting the Holy Spirit into our budget? Are we inviting the Holy Spirit into our scheduling? Are we inviting the Holy Spirit into our patterns? Are we inviting the Holy Spirit into our ministries? Are we inviting the Holy Spirit? It's this not new, but kind of new idea and way of thinking that tries to be aware that we are connected to God every moment of our life. And He, God, has input. And He wants us to grow. I think God wants to cause growth in new areas in our lives. Right? And it's got the opportunity to taste really sweet. But it's also scary. Acknowledge that. Continuing on, verse 5. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Far apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciple. This brings glory, great glory to my Father. So usually in this scripture, verse 6 here is the main hang-up. The, uh, wow, I'm going to be cut off, I'm going to wither, and I'm going to be bunched up, and I'm going to be thrown in the fire. That is an awesome feeling. And, and, and there's like a lot of fear associated. But I want us to remind us of the context. The audience here that Jesus is speaking to is the disciples. So I'm assuming the disciples, you know, they know Jesus, Right? Right? So they have this relationship with him. And Jesus already establishes that this is what he's going to do. He promises that if you remain in me, I am going to cut off and I'm going to prune. And the context here and the pruning and that cutting off isn't one of punishment, but it's actually an act of love. Right? Because if we want to see growth in our lives, what is the Holy Spirit going to do? He's going to cut off the branches that aren't producing, and he's going to prune the ones. Even, he's even going to prove the ones that are producing, so that you even experience even, even more fruit, even more fruitfulness, even more growth. So before we read this section kind of, and then, oh no, that's really scary. Understand this, that, that we don't have a God who's angry or looking to uh, um, just punish us, but a God who is working growth, right? And you'll hear people say like, his discipline, his love. That word discipline means training, right? And, and again, I, I kind of talked about it last week. I, I, I like sports. I like doing things. I have this thing where if I do something, I don't want to kind of just do it. I kind of get a little bit obsessed. 
And then I start watching videos on it. And I just try to do it perfectly because I like to be good at what I do. And it's problem. It can be problematic, but it's also a good thing, right? And you learn when you're learning something, sometimes you get worse before you get better. And there's nothing worse than feeling worse. But then the moment that you actually do get better, you're like, oh, right? And that's kind of that addicting thing. It's the same thing with our life. Our life isn't this up trajectory, right? But the um, Hebrew understanding of growth is very circular. It's this idea of the spiral. And sometimes it feels like we're going in circles and we're going in circles and we're going in circles. But really, the growth is this way, right? We're going in circles, but we're moving towards a place of growth, right? And so God's discipline, his training, that word training, his pruning, his cutting off, is love because if it is stopping us from growth, then it serves no purpose. And so for the disciples here, Jesus is teaching them, everything that we've done together, all the fruit that you're seeing, all the great things we're doing doesn't mean much if you don't have relationship and fellowship with me. Because relationship and fellowship with me is better than anything you can produce. And sometimes we try to manufacture growth, right? And we can for a short time. We can make changes in our lives. And we can, like, you know, do the, the better, bettering yourself and, and read the right books and, and do the positive affirmation, all the kind of fun tools. And we might see this little growth. But apart from connection with God, that growth might as well be just burnt because it's nothing, right? Apart from God and connection and fellowship with him, we can't have lasting growth. And lasting is, is the key here. And now we have the promise of verse 7. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Now, that's an interesting promise. One that I fully don't understand because I feel like I have prayed for things. And maybe you're with me and you have prayed for things and we just haven't seen them. Anyone? I'm, I'm, is it just me? Okay, thank you. I thought, oh man, maybe I got to go back and be better. But... Uh, um, and so what does this mean? I, I, sometimes we try to explain it that way. You know, God always answers, sometimes it's no, or, or whatever it is. And, and those are probably all like good answers and good explanations for it. And, but I just don't want to pretend to, to have a full answer yet. And I, and I want to show you that it's also okay to read something and not have a full answer. It doesn't change who God is, and it doesn't change who I am. I'm just learning, and I'm just growing. So here's actually an area recently of pruning in my life. Uh, um, about three weeks ago, I was praying for, well, maybe a month ago, whatever time, uh, I was praying for just certain situations, and I was just praying for outcomes. Like, God, this is what I want to see. I'm praying for this person. This is what I want to see. And I'm praying for me, and this is what I want to see. And these are good things, and this is good prayers. This is how we should be praying. But I remember, the, I just heard the Holy Spirit. Is that, what you, is that what you want? And then all of a sudden, this like kind of fear came over me. Like, is that what I want? Do I actually know what is like what I really, really want. I immediately began to think of, I don't want to go through the whole story, but begin to think, you know, Israel wanted a king and they chose someone who looked awesome for it and it was Saul. But then God's choice was David who doesn't look like the obvious. So I'm like, is this like my Saul moment where I'm asking for things and maybe I'll get them, but maybe there's something even better. And it kind of, I kind of started freaking out. Anyone kind of freak out? Like, I'm not good with decisions to begin with. I'm like, ah, do I really want that? And then there was this moment of realization that in my prayer, I can just pray for something that is actually continuous, which is God's goodness. So God, here is a scenario, and I just need to see your goodness here. God, show me your goodness. God, I'm praying your goodness. And, and as I was reading verse 7, I began to realize that connection and fellowship with the Holy Spirit creates this beautiful oneness with Him, where all of a sudden, His values and my values align. 
where the things I would have prayed for, say, like 20 years ago, or realistically even 15 years ago, like uh, I used to really want a, a, a Subaru Impreza, blue, gold rims. I prayed for that car for a long, long time. And then all of a sudden, like I started developing this really personal relationship with God, and I realized I was actually praying things with how just had higher value. It's like, oh, the things I want are actually changing, right? And, and, and this idea of this connection and fellowship with God actually changes what I want. And so now, as I'm aligning with Him, kind of like aligning with His will, the things that I'm praying for are also His desires. And now when I'm connected with Him, everything I pray for, I... And I'm just seeing that connection. And I'm growing in that connection. And so I'm personally under- learning that I don't need to have the answer for what I want to see, but I can trust that if I pray, God, your goodness, then this is goodness I will see, mm-hmm. right? I feel like a broken record, honestly, because I've said this a lot. There is no shortcut to flourishing. There is no shortcut to thriving. It's actually quite simple. Fellowship with God equals growth. If I put the time in daily, my prayer, devotions, worship, if I am aware of God, if I connect with him, if I look for him, the promise is that he will be there. He will find me. He will be with me. He will cause growth. I will flourish. It's simple, but it's not easy. And if I can just be like, just really blunt, it's not easy because it costs time and it costs comfort. And I don't like giving my time, and I don't like surrendering my comfort. I'm a really big comfort person. I am a comfort eater. I am a comfort sleeper. I am a comfort sitter. I am a comfort person. Time, time actually doesn't bother me. But comfort, oh man, I like my comfort. And fellowship and connection with God costs us time and costs us our comfort. And so I feel like the application is actually quite simple. Do we want to flourish? Do we want to invite the Holy Spirit into the daily aspects of what we are doing? Then we can, if we choose to. Remain in me and I'll remain in you. There will be some pruning. you You will change. There will be some changing. You will grow in love, kindness, faithfulness, goodness. I should have wrote this down. All the fruits of the Spirit. But it costs you time. And it costs you comfort. Or you cannot, which again is your choice. And again, he's telling this to the disciples. This is not about like, are you saved or you're not saved? This is, do you want to see thriving and flourishing or do you not? But, but can I encourage you that if you choose not to, then don't wonder why it's not working for you. Why do I not hear God? Why don't I see his flourishing? Why am I not thriving? <laughs> I'm going to call um, Greg back up and Melissa. And, and, and the application, actually, I feel is just really simple. We're just going to respond worship like we always do. And so this is a moment where we have an opportunity in a setting that's great. It's, it's a great place to do this, to invite the Holy Spirit. And then the application of this continues Monday through Saturday. And you're going to find that if you, this is what I choose to do, Monday is going to be a really good day. Tuesday is probably going to be an excellent day. Wednesday is going to get a little harder. Thursday, you're like, it's not going to happen. Friday is like, what happened on Sunday, right? But then we, have, we get to come back again on Sunday. And we get to get reminded and encouraged. God is full of grace. 
God is full of mercy. God is full of love. But uh, this morning, let's take the time to connect with him.